grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, blessed Fourth of July. As we think about the freedoms that we have, we think about the strengths of our country and, of course, the many weaknesses of our country, too. So what do you dwell on? Do you dwell on the strengths or do you dwell on the weaknesses? Well, in our text, Paul does that, has to deal with strengths and weaknesses of his own. And he writes, A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being too conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Dear friends of Christ, strengths and weaknesses. You know, if you've ever been on a job interview, you know what it's like, and you go in there, and they ask you, what are your strengths? And so you begin to detail those things that you perceive in your life that are worthy of of service, that they'd hire you. Um, And then eventually, if they are asking, um, or if you're just so honest, you just feel like for the sake of balance, I'm going to share some of my weaknesses. And so you, you dwell on your weaknesses and you go on about them. That's not a good thing. Last I understand, uh, you know, when you're in an interview, you want to put your best foot forward, talk about all the good things that you can do and not, and not make it clear of all the, all the uh, weaknesses. Avoid talking about those. Well, that's not what the Apostle Paul did. You see, this church at Corinth was grumbling and complaining. The people of Corinth were an evil people. They were rebellious. They turned against the Lord. Uh, they didn't like Paul's message. They didn't like what Paul was saying. The people didn't like what Ezekiel was saying. The people didn't like what the prophets were saying. People don't like what pastors who are true to God's word say. They reject God's message. They reject God's truth. It's just the nature of sinful, rebellious people. And so Paul's trying to deal with these stubborn people. He sends them a letter. And in this letter, he, he goes on and, and says a little bit. Yeah, he, he'll address his strengths. He says, I have some strengths that, that you know, make me an apostle. They, they make me worthy to speak God's word. But one of them is I've had visions. And these visions have been special visions that I've gotten to see that nobody can explain. These visions were so powerful, in fact, he couldn't even put them into words of what he had seen. And has, ever, has the Holy Spirit ever filled you like that? Have you ever been filled with the Holy Spirit and given you a vision so that you just simply can't explain what you've seen? That happens to you all the time, right? Of course it doesn't. Because Paul is a special guy. And Paul says, uh, he heard things that cannot be told. He heard things that man may not utter. And he reminded the Corinthians who he was. He reminded the Corinthians of all that, that 14 years earlier that Paul had even seen the third heavens. I don't even know what the third heavens means. I mean, how, have you ever seen heaven, much less the third heaven? Of course, we haven't had that vision, have we? We haven't been so blessed for the Lord to open up such things. Um, and there in that vision, Paul heard Jesus talking to him, talking to him. Like, like I'm talking to you now. So there he is in heaven, the end of time, viewing things, walking around, seeing how things are, doesn't understand if he's in the body or out of the body, completely disoriented, completely confused, trying to explain it, but there are no words. Yeah, Paul had strengths. And he could have carried on. He could have said, listen, 
I'm simply a better Christian than you. I'm more important to God than you in the church. But he didn't. Paul could have boasted about his, his strengths. He could have said, the Lord favors me more than he favors you. So guess who you should be listening to? Well, you better be listening to me. But Paul doesn't. He doesn't. He chooses not to look at his strengths. Instead, he brings out his weaknesses. And he boasts about them. He detailed his weaknesses. He says, a thorn in the flesh from Satan was given to torment me. You know, God gave this thorn to Paul to reveal this truth that we are all completely and entirely 100% dependent on God's grace. You are dependent on God for life, for salvation, for food, for daily, for daily living, for everything. It doesn't matter how powerful you are. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are. It doesn't matter how influential you are. It doesn't matter how rich you are. You are completely dependent on the Lord. And Paul had to learn this lesson. As a leader of the church, he had to learn. You're dependent. And this was a lesson Paul had a difficulty, but he did learn. He did learn it. After all, he understood, you know, that he had been persecuting the church of God. He understood that he was the one that was trying to kill the Christians and how God had mercy on him and forgave him his sins. And then he equipped him to be the greatest apostle. But he had nothing of which to boast. And Paul depended on God's mercy. Paul learned to depend completely on that forgiveness. Completely on the grace. How about you? Do you have something of which you can boast? What are your strengths? Now, what are those weaknesses you've got in your life? Maybe it's an attitude you have or a desire that you have that you can't control. Maybe it's a problem that keeps arising because of who you are and what you do, and you can't make that problem go away. It's like a thorn in the flesh. And that thorn in the flesh, that problem in your life, keeps you awake at night praying, Dear Lord, help me. I have a thorn in my flesh. I can't, I can't deal with this. And that weakness that you have begins to identify who you are. That weakness becomes who you are. You have a thorn in the flesh. You have a weakness in the flesh. And it starts to become how you think and how you live. Your thorn is your identity. And you don't like it. You want it taken away. Take that weakness away. And you ask for the Lord to remove them. But if you do, you're going to hear the same answer perhaps that Paul heard. And you'll hear not the answer, yes, I will remove your weakness. Or no, I won't remove your weakness. We don't even hear the answer, well, I'll remove your weakness in a little while. No, when we pray to the Lord to take away our weakness, we get the same answer that Paul got. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect when you're weak. Well, that's a completely different answer. My grace is enough. I want to talk about that this morning. As we consider our theme God's grace is all we need. Now listen, as we go through life, I want you to understand, as Paul had a thorn in the flesh, you're going to have a thorn in the flesh, at least one, if not many. 
Paul had a thorn, and we don't know what it was. People speculate. Um, We know it was bad because he said, I pleaded three times for the Lord to remove it. We know it was bad. Paul wrote, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. It was a tormenting, a tormenting thorn. It torment. It's interesting. You know, we don't know what that thorn in the flesh was, that tormenting thing. Um, and, and many have speculated. Tertullian, the early church father, said that it was severe headaches. If you've ever had migraine headaches regularly, you know it, how debilitating that can be. You can't even make it through a day. You get so, your head hurts so much, you get nauseous and you can't even function. Some thought uh, that uh, uh, John Chrysostom, who was an uh, early church father, they called him Golden Throat because of his great sermons. You call me Golden Throat too, don't you? The old Golden Throat. He thought, he thought the thorn in the flesh was persecution. May have been. Martin Luther thought that it was, uh, you know, spiritual trials, spiritual burdens. And others have speculated it might be um, epilepsy or bad eyesight because we know Paul was blind. Um, It could be malaria. We don't know. I think Paul's thorn in the flesh is left a mystery in order that we can put our thorn in the flesh there and apply it to our lives. I don't know what his thorn in the flesh is, but it must be like mine. Right? This is the thing that's holding me back. This is the thing that's tormenting me. And I don't know why it's here. And I want the Lord to remove it. And I don't like it. Paul mentions his thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment him. Now, Satan tormented Paul, and you can be sure (laughs) Satan is going to torment you. He comes to do that, to torment you. But let's make this perfectly clear that the Lord does not at any time give problems or troubles to you that will hurt you. If there are problems that are hurting you, that's from the devil. All the problems that the Lord does allow to come your way are to challenge you to to get stronger. The Lord is a source of all that is good. Just like the psalmist says, O taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed are those who take refuge in Him. So, there there are some troubles that come to us that hurt us, that are from the devil, some troubles come to hurt us that are from that not hurt us but make us stronger, they're from God. So, some troubles happen to us simply because we live in a fallen world. You have a, 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 a trial that is tormenting you, a weakness that is tormenting you. It may be because you live in a broken world. We live under the curse. There's going to be sickness, pain, suffering, and death. You live amongst the people of sickness, pain, suffering, and death. And the sickness, pain, suffering, and death is going to fall on you. Don't be surprised. It's because we're under the curse. And this curse, of, it's called the curse of sin. And we may live under the curse, but we're not cursed. As children of God, we're not cursed. You know, we've been set free from the curse by the blood of Jesus. Listen, not every thorn in the flesh is a bad thing either. A thorn in the flesh can do two things. Whatever weakness you have that's tormenting you, 
can do two things. One, it can drive you away from the Lord. Then it's of the devil. That thorn can make you say, well, if this is what God is going to do, I don't need to follow God anymore. And you leave. You check out. You had enough of God and enough of worship and you, you just get mad at Him and you get rebellious and stubborn. And you leave. Or, secondly, a thorn can make you stronger. Your weaknesses can make you dependent upon God's grace. And when you're dependent upon God, that's when you're strong. My grace is sufficient for you, God told Paul. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And God knew that this thorn was going to make Paul stronger. Why? Because God knows how to use our thorns for our good. God used Paul's thorns to teach him a lesson. Paul says, to keep me from being too conceited. There was a thorn given me in the flesh. The thorn taught Paul humility. The thorn taught Paul not to expect too much from God. Paul knew what he deserved from God. He had persecuted the church. Paul knew what he deserved from God. His wrath and his anger. Paul knew he deserved worse. Paul was thankful for, the, for God's grace. He was thankful for the forgiveness. Thankful for God's mercy. It taught Paul to be dependent on the Lord. It taught Paul that bad things will happen, that we're sure, I know, we're all living under the curse, but we are not cursed. So the devil, though, does love a good curse. Ah, the devil loves it. And he knows how to take a curse and make it more accursed. He knows how to take a curse, and he knows how to take a weakness, and he knows how to make it hurt. A thorn in the flesh. Was given me as a messenger of Satan to torment me. That word torment, this, this word here means uh, to punch someone up the side of the head. You torment them. Right? It has that, that impact to import to it. So Satan has come to torment him. Pew, pew, pew. Just as, thing, as soon as you think you're, you're safe, just as soon as you think things are going to go normal. Pew, pew, pew. Right? You, you get that mental image. You get that picture of that tormenting. And we kind of think about it when Jesus is on the cross, right? And Jesus, Satan comes to torment Jesus. And, and before Jesus hung on the cross, they literally tormented him. What do they do? They punched him in the face, literally. And then what do they do? They gave him a crown, a thorn in his flesh, a crown of thorns on his head. Yes, Jesus had thorns, uh, literally a thorn in the flesh, tormented by the devil until he dies. So if that happened to Jesus, the Son of God, if that happened to Jesus, the perfect man of the world, what do you think is going to happen to you when Satan comes to hit you up the side of the face? What do you think is going to happen in your life when he comes to torment you? Well, it's not going to be pretty. Satan knows all about thorns. He knows all about putting them in the right place. 
And he knows how to drive a thorn into your flesh very deep. So deep that it hurts. So deep that you cry out, Lord, remove this weakness from me. Lord, remove this thorn from my life. You want it removed. You don't want to be tormented. You don't want to be banged up aside of the head. You've had enough of it, and you pray, just like Paul prayed. Lord, take it away. Three times Paul pleaded with the Lord to take it away. It wasn't a casual prayer, you know, one of those uh, come and go type of prayers, every now and then kind of prayer. No, it was a fervent prayer. It was a consistent prayer. I, he pleaded, he pleaded with the Lord to take it away. The Lord refused. Hmm. God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough. God's undeserved love is sufficient. Sufficient? Do you know what that word sufficient means? Well, we find the same word used when Jesus fed the 5,000. This is what the word sufficient means. My grace is sufficient for you. And, and so here there, Jesus is feeding the 5,000, and there's 5,000 men, the Bible says. That's just the men. doesn't count the women and children. Probably 20,000, a gigantic crowd. And Philip says, Lord, there, we don't have enough money to feed these people. And where are we going to get food to feed all these people? This is an impossible task, Philip says. In frustration, Philip said it would take eight months' wages. It would not buy enough bread for each, each person to have a bite. The crowd was too large. There wasn't enough. It wasn't sufficient. They wouldn't be able to find enough. Take all the bakery stores in Spencer today. There's not enough bread there to feed this kind of crowd in one day. Not even in Spencer. Not enough. And yet in the end, there was enough. In the end, it was sufficient. The word is enough is the same word that God used to assure Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And you know the rest of the story. Jesus fed the people with uh, five loaves of bread and two small fish, and there was plenty left over. It was enough. It was sufficient. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough. You don't need more. We might beg to differ. God's grace is enough, though, to get you through. God's grace is enough to make you strong. God's grace is enough to ply your face so you don't wander away from the Lord. God's grace is sufficient. It's enough to get you through the torments of Satan as he whops you upside of the head over and over again. To stand firm. My grace is sufficient for you. Those words are not just for Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. Those words are for you. Those are your words. God's grace is sufficient. It's enough for you. For your life. And I apply those words to you. Especially during those painful thorn in the flesh moments. God's grace is sufficient for me. And by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ certainly is enough to help us overcome the problem of our sin. God's grace is also sufficient how? 
Paul tells us, In Jesus we have redemption, that payment price through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, that undeserved love which He has lavished on us. God has lavishly poured out His Son upon you. The blood has been poured, the sacrifice has been made, and there's comfort when we lean on God's grace. There's comfort when we lean on Jesus. And that's what God told Paul. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And that's why Paul was able to make this bold statement about his weaknesses. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses. I delight in insults. I delight in hardships. I delight in persecution. I delight in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Amen. Now we have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen.